Okay, we'd like to welcome you to our current event in Bible study for December 9th, 2007. And this will be a continuation from last week. I guess you'd call it part 5 of the Lord or Devil Betray Us study. And we're going to continue looking at what we left off last week with the line signs and wonders, which is going to be a, a huge earmark of the end times that we're moving into. Not only does Jesus predict this thing, but just go into Revelation. Revelation 13 in these types of areas. And you're going to see that one of the chief main ways that the Antichrist and the false prophet work is going to primarily be through lines, signs, wonders, miracles, these types of things. They're going to set up a, an image and, and the, um, the false prophet is going to give you know, the image the ability to actually whatever speak, and it's all going to be demonic, and, and this is the same image people are going to be forced to worship, and if they don't work, you know. So much of the end times in Revelation is going to revolve around lying, signs, and wonders. And so much of what this um, Maitreya character does on his website is, is get into that, is he's taking credit for every single thing going on on the planet right now. If it has to do with some type of miracle or signs or wonder. Now, I'm not saying the Lord Jesus Christ isn't on the throne and that he's not perfectly capable of performing miracles. Um, so don't confuse the issue there. But Maitreya is taking credit for all these other things. And, and we, we left off last week talking about some of these. We're just going to continue this week with these line signs and wonders. Now, this is straight off his website. Um, everything I've basically read has been off that. And the thing that he lists next on his website is the Lebanese statue of Mary sweating oil. One of my favorites. This goes on to say, hundreds of Lebanese people have been visiting the Christian cemetery of Tyre. They always say Christian. And when they say Christian, what they really mean is Catholic. Okay? So just so you know... Most of the time, Catholics and Christians are all lumped together. And I, get, I got an email not too long ago saying, well, you know, if you Christians are so great, why did you slaughter all those people during the Spanish Inquisition? <laughs> and I said to him, I, I don't exactly know the exact thing, I said, but the, the main crux of what you have to understand is that the Catholics did that. And a Catholic is not a Christian. A Catholic trust in works. They trust in the Pope. They trust in their statues. They're Mary. They're idol. All the seven sacraments. That's what they're trusting in to get them to heaven. A Bible-believing, born-again Christian does not trust in that. They believe in what the Lord Jesus Christ said. For you say by grace, through faith, and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. It's not but by Mary or Joseph or whoever they're praying to. So, the Catholics are the largest pseudo-Christian cult on the planet. Okay? And that's the difference. And because they are a cult, and because essentially they are guided by demons, devils, fallen angels, and Satan, they have committed unbelievable atrocities you know, in the last hundreds and hundreds of years. Spanish Inquisition being one of them. Many of the people that were executed during the Spanish Inquisition were the true Bible-believing, born-again Christians because they would not convert. So, that's one I, I get a lot. Um, 
or I've seen a lot, I should say. So this this article in this uh, off Matreya's website says that uh, these hundreds of Lebanese people have been visiting the Christian cemetery of Tyre to pray before the statue of the Virgin Mary, which, according to many eyewitnesses, is sweating oil. Many reporters and photographers from Lebanon and abroad are trying to visit Tyre to investigate the phenomena. Now, this is just one of the may, many things you've seen Mary crying blood. You see Mary sweating oil. You know, it's unbelievable. And these people go there and they try to get the oil and they believe it's holy or whatever. And what they're doing is, is it's some demonic manifestation manifesting itself through some type of idol. And if you go there and partake of this, you're partaking in a curse. You're putting a curse on yourself. Oh, but you're so wrong. Because I went there and I was moved so spiritually. Who were you moved spiritually by? Was the Lord Jesus Christ glorified through that event? Or was Mary? Was the goddess Mary glorified? Who's being glorified here? And show me any biblical precedents for, for some statue sweating oil and we should go make pilgrimages to it on our knees, which is a lot of times what they'll do. They'll walk on their knees to show how, what good Catholics they are. I've heard, I remember I've seen there's, there's several of these pictures that are, um, Mary pictures that are sweating oil. Um, and I remember this one they had run, run a news report on. This was on like TV. And the oil that was coming out of this Mary was like this really putrid, rancid oil. And they were still going up there and getting this oil and, and you know, trying to put it on them and stuff. And I thought to myself, you know, that should be a little bit of a tip-off. You know, they got this rancid oil coming out of this iconic painting. And they're all flocking to it, thinking that, you know, it's some big move of God. But that's why the Bible says, that's why Jesus said, A wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after sign. Okay, because when you seek after signs and wonders and miracles, the devil will be more than happy to accommodate you. What do you think the occult is about? Why do you think people get involved in witchcraft? They see signs all the time. That's their whole, their whole religion of witchcraft is motivated through signs from the devil, signs from this and this and that. And, this, and the farther you get in, though, the more signs... Um, from, from what I've been told, it's like getting in the mafia, because the farther you get into witchcraft and the occult, the more these devils and demons have possession of your soul, the more signs they're going to show you to keep you in line. And I don't mean pleasant things. Okay, so there's, there's other ways that you can receive signs and, and wonders. And um, so if we go further, the next thing on Matreya's website, the Statue of Trinidad weeps... Tears of Blood, Our Lady of the, Sta of the Our Statue of Our Lady of Lords and the Carmelite Sisters Covenant. See again, this is a Catholic thing. Is weeping tears of blood. Um, now listen to this. It says a local medical consultant who has written a book on Marian apparitions, which is where where this devil demon Mary thing appears, is said to have tested the blood and found it to be human. Oh, that's impressive. That does it for me. I'm, I bought hook, line, and sinker. But see, that's how the Catholics are. I mean, they you just throw them a little thing and, and they're all over it. And um, you got this stuff going on all over the world. Here's another thing it does, which is a lot related to the Pentecostals, because the Pentecostals are drawn to this stuff too. Um, when you start going to these places and making these pilgrimages and you really get into the line signs and wonders and all this other stuff, one of the things that almost always invariably happens to that individual is they start to have 
self-blinding pride well up in them. Because they think, well, hey, I'm better. The Lord is showing me this, and who else is he showing it to? Very few select people. So you start to have pride building up, and pride goeth before a fall, and a haughty spirit before destruction. According to the Bible, pride is a very dangerous thing because it blinds you. Most of these people, particularly in the Catholic religion and, and a lot of the Pentecostals and so many, really every religion on the planet, the more religious a person becomes, the more blinded by pride they become. And I mean self-pride, like look at me, what I'm so religious. And the less likely chance of that person ever getting saved because they're blinded. They can't see. Remember, the Bible says in the New Testament that the prince of this world has blinded their eyes that they cannot see. So, these people can't see, and they really don't want to see. Because they want, they have to be able to trust in their own good works in order to get them to wherever they're trying to get. Whether that's heaven, nirvana, paradise, hell, wherever. They want to trust in their own works because of pride. That's why God abhors pride so much. It's a very, very dangerous sin, and it will get more people to hell probably than any other sin in the Bible. It was the first sin of the Bible, essentially, when Satan... Um, pride welled up in him. He wanted to be like the Most High. He wanted to descend under the sides of the north, as it talks about in the Bible. And um, it blinded him. So if we go further, now this is another thing they're taking credit for, the white buffalo calf, a good omen. In 1993, a white buffalo calf was born in Colorado, and in 1994, another one named Miracle was born in Wisconsin. Thousands of people, many different faiths, have visited the miracle, testifying that her birth is a call for all races to come together and heal the earth to solve our mutual problems. A one big happy family. Yeah, right. You know, you know what Jesus said? He said, I came not to bring peace, but a sword. And a man shall be divided against you know, his own house. Remember that verse? Now, that doesn't mean Jesus Christ doesn't want Christians to dwell in unity. Okay, that's a different deal altogether. But, the, the sad fact remains is that most people are going to choose the broad way. They are not going to choose the way, the narrow way, which leads to life eternal. And it says, few there be that find it. That's why Jesus said, I came to bring a sword. Because it has to be this way. There's few that are going to be that find it. And, and um, when you see all the stuff about us coming together as, as a race, and as a whatever, to try to heal the world, that's, that's man-made religion. Where's, where's the Lord Jesus Christ in that scenario? We should be turning to Him and Him alone in order to solve our problems. But see, mankind, in its pride, thinks that it can do it on its own. So, then it says the odds of the birth of a white buffalo are estimated as 1 in, or 6 to 10 million to 1. The birth of a white buffalo is seen by many native Americans as the most significant of prophetic signs, equivalent to the weeping statues, the bleeding icons, the crosses of light that are becoming prevalent within the Christian churches. Now again, they're not Christian, most of these are Catholic, but the crosses of light, as we talked about last week, guess what? That where they're showing up in? In supposed Christian churches. One was in a Baptist church. That Crossroads Baptist that we talked about last week. Many are appearing in other types of, de of denominations. There's hardly been, if you notice what we're talking about here today, there's hardly been one denomination worldwide, and I mean Christian and non-Christian, that has been left out. Well, why is that? 
Well, if you're the Antichrist, and you're getting ready to make your big debut, don't you think you would want to soften up the whole planet? Why would you want to just target one little sect of humanity? This is why devil betrayer is taking credit for all of this stuff. Because when he, when he comes on the scene, he's going to be able to point back to all this and say, Hey, listen, you know, I've been giving you these signs for years. I've, these signs have been given to you to prepare the way for my coming. Whether he's the Antichrist or not, it's still preparing the way for the Antichrist. Okay? Because if he's not the Antichrist, he's going to be working closely with him. Him and his ascended masters. And we're going to talk about that today. A lot of people say, well, how do you know for sure and how do you know this? We're going to look at what have the highest level occultists in the last hundred years. What has been the scenario they have presented in regard to the Antichrist ultimately appearing? Who would know better than somebody who's installed in, um, studied high-level occult for many, many, many years, like H.P. Blavatsky, like Alice Bailey, like Benjamin Cream? Who would know better than the highest-level occultists how their man of sin, how the Antichrist that they are going to point everybody to, is going to appear? We're going to look at what they have to say, too, today. So, it says, the birth of the white buffalo calf seen by Native Americans as the most significant of prophetic signs. Now notice, now we're hitting Native Americans. We've talked about all of the sects of pseudo-Christianity. We've talked about Hindus, Buddhists. Now we're talking about Native Americans. He's got to do it, he's got to hit everybody. You know, he's got, he's got to give everybody what they want. Then it says, just as the Christian faithful who attend these signs, what, what a joke that is, just as the Christian faithful who attend these signs see them as a renewal of God's ongoing relationship with humanity, again, a life from the pit of hell, I don't need a sign. I don't need this. And as a Christian, you shouldn't need it either. Because Jesus Christ said, a wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. You know what should be good enough for you? The Word of God. Period. Stand on the Word of God. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing what? The word of truth. See, all we need is God's word. The King James Bible. That is the only thing we should be... And this is why it's so important for you to memorize scripture, because without memorizing scripture, if they were to come and take your Bible away, you would still have scripture memorized in your head that you could quote. That's how, that's how Jesus dealt with the devil. Quoted scripture. So... I just wanted to add that in there. Um, so they're saying that this is a renewal of God's ongoing relationship with humanity. So do Native Americans see the white buffalo calf as a sign to begin to mend life's sacred hoop. Ah, the old sacred hoop. Hmm. And if you ever see these things called dream catchers, or if you've got one, get rid of it because you've got, you're, under, you're under a curse. If you bring one of those things in your house or hang it on the rear view mirror or hang it over your baby's crib. Oh, I've heard of that one. I uh, read this account of a lady hanging one of those dream catchers over, over her baby's crib and the, the baby would just scream and cry and go nuts. And it wasn't until they got the thing out of the house and they burned it that that all stopped. Because you're bringing an occult, cursed object into your house. Okay, so if you've got one of those, get rid of it. I'm going to eventually do a whole teaching on... The problem with cursed objects is, is there's so many things that are cursed objects that it's hard for me to go over them all. Because again, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't even know how long of a teaching that would encompass. Um, 
So if we go further, it says, Ford Hand looks for Buffalo, looks for Buffalo, and uh, Algalium Medicine Man has commented, these are omens, and they are happening in the most unexpected place among the poorest people of the country. These are good omens. Uh, nothing like a good omen. If we pay attention to them, for us, this would be something similar to seeing Jesus lying in the manger. See, it always gets back to all these comparisons, if you notice. Because, see, in the one coming one world, new world order religion, all religions are equal. And they've got to bring all religions to this level playing field. Okay? And that way, by gr grouping in all of these miracles, and grouping in the Christians with the pagans, we're all in the same playing field. We're all one big happy family. Why can't we all just play and get along? Well, that's what the Antichrist is going to come saying. Now, the, the 14th thing is the red heifer in Israel. And then it says, The birth of a rust-colored calf in Israel is being hailed as the miraculous sign of the coming Messiah. The red heifer of the variety believed extinct for centuries was born to a black and white mother and a tan-colored bull in northern Israel farm run by a religious high school for troubled and orphaned students. In the ancient times, the ashes of a red heifer butchered in her third year were mixed with water and used to purify the Jews before they could approach Jerusalem's holy temple on the Temple Mount. Well, let me tell you something. All that's been done away with at the cross. That's it. Jesus Christ said, It is finished. He was the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. We don't need a red heifer anymore. But see, the, the Jews, the non-believing Jews, do need a red heifer. Just sent out an email this week that they have completed the actual um, solid gold crown of the high priest. There, there's this thing, and you can go up on the internet. I sent this out in my, to my email list, and if you want to subscribe to my... Um, I got two email lists, a Christian-oriented and a health-oriented. If you want to subscribe to both, just let me know. If you want to subscribe to the Christian, let me know. My email address is on the website. And... Um, sent out this thing this week from this Temple Institute, and they have actually um, taken and made, I guess, as close as they could possibly get it, to a perfect replica of the um, crown that the high priest wore way back in, like, Solomon's day when, you know, they were doing the temple sacrifice. And they, they, they had it on the video, you're watching it there, and they had it on the video, and I think the thing said, Holiness unto the Lord, or or whatever, and, and it was in, I imagine, Hebrew letters. And they have got a whole website, it's called the Temple Institute, that is devoted to reinstituting the temple sacrifices, to rebuilding the temple. This isn't, this isn't something that, that we're making up here. This is going to happen, and we know it has to happen, in order for the Antichrist to commit the abomination of desolation, where he goes in there and proclaims himself to be God, in the middle of the tribulation, there has to be a temple built, because it says he will cause you know, the sacrifices and the oblations to cease. Well, there has to be a temple for the sacrifices and the oblations to be going on in the first place. Okay, so, this is going to happen. And this red heifer thing is one of the main things. Now, I went up on this website the other day, on the, on the Temple Institute, and you know what they said? Very interesting. In fact, I just remembered this just now. Um, they said that they believe the Messiah, the coming Messiah. Now, they rejected their Messiah. 
Okay, they, they rejected Jesus Christ. Now, there's going to come a time when they look upon whom they have pierced and weep and mourn. But that's going to come after great tribulation to the Jews. And that's a whole other study. Okay? Um, and we've talked about that in weeks past. But this, this, um, this crown that was made... So up on this, on this site, they made it very clear that they believed that when the red heifer was found, and when um, this red heifer, you know, was, was sacrificed since ashes used, that the coming Messiah, this is going to be called the tenth red heifer, because there's only been nine in the history of man. There's only been nine perfect red heifers. And I mean, by perfect, Jewish rabbis have to inspect the heifer. There cannot be two hair follicles, two hairs growing out of the same follicle. That's how much they have to inspect. You talk about being, you know, it has to be the perfect, you know, whatever, sacrifice. This is how in-depth they have to, to go in order to do this. But they said that the one that is actually going to offer the tenth heifer, the tenth red heifer, that's perfect. Now remember, this, it's been, I think, almost thousands of years at this point since there's been, you know, a red heifer offered. They said the Messiah, the coming Messiah, is going to have to be the one that does it. Well, I guarantee you that Lord Betrayal, Lord Betrayal over here, is going to come to the forefront, and he'll be more than happy to offer that red heifer. And they predict he's going to. They predict their Messiah is going to be the only one that can do it anyway. Well, he's going to come, and he's going to deceive the Jews initially. He's going to confirm the covenant with them for a week, and um, this is going to be part of the deal. So this is the last sign that he gives on this miracle website of, of uh, Lord Maitreya. So I thought that was interesting to add in there. Um, it says that not since the destruction of the, the second temple by the Romans in 70 AD has a red heifer been born in Israel. Okay, so, yeah, it's been almost 2,000 years. Traditionally, now this is according to Jewish philosophers... Um, traditionally there has been only nine such red cows on our history. The first was prepared under the direction of Moses and Aaron in the desert. The second was officiated over by Ezra upon the Jews' return from the Babylonian exile. Seven more were prepared during the period of the Second Temple. According to the, second, the 12th century Jewish philosopher Maimonides, the tenth and final red heifer will be prepared by the Messiah. Okay, so that's where we get that prediction. Okay, and Doug just informed me that Maimonides, um, I, I like that name, it kind of just rolls off the tongue, Maimonides. Anyway, sorry, um, he's a Kabbalist, high level. Well, that shouldn't surprise you, Annie. <laughs> so, anyway, and then it goes on to say, um, a dozen rabbis have examined the calf and said that she's the long-awaited ritual. So they're saying, they're saying this calf that was born in 1997 um, was good or kosher or whatever. They said that it met all the criteria described by the ancients. If the calf lives unblenished for another 18 months, she can be ther theoretically put to use. It is written that it is the 10th red heifer that the Messiah will discover. And here we have the 10th red heifer. This is a clear sign the Messiah is near. Now, I don't know in regard to the authenticity of 
of if this was actually a totally perfect red heifer. The problem is that I see with this scenario is, is the heifer is going to have to be butchered in her third year. So, whether they've got several of these that have been born, I have no clue at this point. I know that there's, there's actually Christians like John Hagee actually has a, har a farm in Texas where he's trying to breed these things um, to make you know, the red heifer. I mean, what an abomination. All of this, just to set all this aside, isn't this an abomination in the Lord Jesus Christ? It's as though his sacrifice wasn't good enough, even for John Hagee. This is what an apostate reprobate this man is. He's denied that Jesus was the Messiah. Just listen to some of my, uh, you can go up there and listen to it. Out of, you, it's come right out of his own mouth on the advertisement for his new book on defense of Israel. So, um, this is all the things that, uh, some of the things that Matrey is taking credit for. Now, other things that he's taking credit for, and this is also off his website, these are his worldwide appearances. Since his sudden appearance out of the blue in Nairobi, Kenya on Ju June 11, 1988, Matre has made more miraculous appearances. In most cases, he has magnetized the water in the vicinity before he appeared. Remember, that's how he softens people up with the initial line, sign, and wonder. Um, on this page, you will find Matreya's appearances since 1988. And they have a whole se a separate section here on why aren't these appearances covered by the media. And we already talked about that before in Benjamin Cream's question and answer session. So up there, it just lists, it lists basically where Devil Matreya is appearing. Um, and evidently, on the website it says, his, appearance have been, his appearances have been temporarily halted since 2002. Why that is, I have no idea. I think it's because the devil had been trying to predict when, exactly when he was going to make this appearance, this day of declaration, all this other stuff. And Benjamin Cream and him have been getting it wrong so many times that I think they just kind of said, we need to back off this. Because, here's the deal. The reason that these predictions don't come to pass, like the Jehovah Witnesses predicting the end of the world, and Maitreya predicting his appearance, and all this other stuff, you know what the reason is? Because the Lord Jesus Christ is on the throne, and he's the one that determines when this happens and when it doesn't. Do you know if it was up to the devil, 1984, the book would have been a reality? you know if it was up to the devil, we would have all been dead a long time ago? But because of the Lord Jesus Christ and his protective hand, upon the body of Christ, because he knows the beginning from the end, because Satan actually has to go to the Lord to get permission to do these things. Just look at the first couple chapters of Job. He has to go to get permission. He can't just go run, run roughshod over whoever he wants to do, especially if they're a Christian. So this is the reason. I think God is doing this to confound the wicked. Remember, it says, God will laugh. You will have the heathen in derision. Is that like Psalm 2 or 3? And I think he's doing it and letting all these cults and all these false Christs and false prophets have all these false predictions. The Pentecostals are famous for this. I mean, you know, predicting things that never come to pass, predicting things that are totally false, totally wrong, saying things like this. Yet my, lo my people love to have it so, is what the Bible talks about. You know why I think he's letting them do this? Because when, when we all stand before him, myself included, um, and particularly if we have walked in these lying signs and wonders and went after these things, we're going to be without excuse. We really are. 
Because he, he's going to be able to even point to the Catholics, or to the Jehovah Witnesses, or to the people following Lord Matrain, saying, you know, listen, this supposed Messiah that you were following, he said this, and it never came to pass. Then he said this, and it never came to pass, or it didn't come to pass in the time frame. Which is really, the test of a prophet is in Deuteronomy 18, where if a prophet says he's, he's going to do something, it better come to pass. Okay? If he doesn't come to pass, the Bible says, actually, the, the penalty was death in the Bible. If he was a prophet of the Lord, and he was predicting things, and it didn't come to pass, the penalty was death. We've talked about this in previous teachings. Um, I believe that this is the reason why these predictions don't come to pass in the time frame that they say. Ultimately, I do believe this thing with Maitreya is going to ultimately end up happening... Obviously because the Bible predicts that the Antichrist is going to arise, it's going to happen during Revelation, and um, I don't know a better person to fill the bill than this devil betray guy. But if you look on his website, you'll notice that the, that, um, the people that he was continually targeting more and more in these supposed appearances, like it gives you, as far as the appearances go, in like let's say for 2001, it gives you the city, the country, the date he appeared, the minutes that he spoke, the number of people that were there, and the religion that he spoke to. Um, like the first, the first one they list in 2001 was Rasifi, Brazil. He appeared on November 25th. He spoke for 16.5 minutes to 150 people who were Christians. Now that can mean Catholics. You know, but I know they're not all Catholics because it does say that he's appeared. You know, obviously, you know, he got crosses of light in Baptist churches, and you've got this and that, and he's going to try to deceive everybody any way he can. Then he he was in Pisa, Italy. I wonder if he visited the Leaning Tower of Pisa when he was there. Maybe he took a little tour. I don't know. They probably wouldn't charge him. You know, what do you think? I don't. Know. Anyway, he went to Pisa, Italy on November fourth. He's a jet setter. I mean, you gotta you gotta hand it to this guy. Um, he I, he only preaches sermonettes. Doug just said, little little sermonette snippet, eighteen minutes, hundred fifty people. He likes to keep it around 150, 250 people. Maybe he's a little camera shy. I don't know. And um, spoke to Christians. That was, and then he was in Lloydminster, Canada, on October twenty first. Now you gotta understand, he doesn't announce his coming. From all the accounts I've ever seen, he just materializes out of thin air. Just like he did in Nairobi, Kenya. Oh, well, I don't believe it. Now you're really getting crazy. Do you think that that is going to be anything compared to what's coming? When it says when it says that the whole world is going to be deceived by these miracles? This is the main way that the world is going to be deceived. It's through the lines, signs, and wonders, and miracles. Let's just real quick, just to reiterate this. Because you could say, you know, why are you majoring on minors and minoring on majors with these teachings? You know what? This isn't something minor. This is going to be the chief way that humanity is being deceived. So it's not something minor. It's something you really want to pay attention to. So if we go to verse 11 of Revelation 13, And I beheld another beast coming out of the earth, and he had two horns, like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon, and he exercised all the power of the first beast before him, and causeth the earth and them that dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. The Antichrist, when he when he had when the assassination attempt, or whatever was was um, perpetrated against him, his wound was healed. The second beast comes up, and um, 
And then it says in verse 13, And he doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. Now this is the second beast. Okay? And he deceiveth them that dwell on the earth. How? By the means of those miracles which he had the power to do in the sight of the beast. The first beast. This is the second beast. Saying to them that dwell on earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by the sword and did live. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. Not only are the, are the lying signs and wonders and false miracles going to be the chief earmark of how they deceive all of humanity, but your acceptance of these very same lying signs and wonders is going to determine your fate in their eyes, because if you don't bow down and worship them, you're dead. And then it says, and he causes, now this is what we usually hear, just this verse. And he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. That no man might buy or sell, save that he have the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. See, we usually only talk about the mark. But, how are they going to be deceived so greatly in order to get to the point where they receive the mark? Well, it says it right here, how he's going to do it. Lying signs, wonders, and miracles. And they're going to be unlike anything you, you could ever even conceive. So this isn't a trivial little issue. Here we got a guy who's been sponsored by the United Nations from the get-go, who's been predicting his coming, who said he's going to come with his ascended masters, who says that, that you know the master Jesus is going to be the one over the Catholic Church, which is going to be the great whole revelation. Who better? Who better than the ascended master Jesus to lead the, the Christian church? What they're going to call it. But the Antichrist is going to be the main one that comes as the Christ, the fifth Buddha. The, he's going to be everything rolled into one. The supposed master Jesus is just going to placate the Christians. Okay? But... This same devil that's predicting all this has appeared in these places, spoken, he, he appears out of nowhere, speaks for a certain amount of time, and then he disappears in, in, um, a lot of times in the sight of these people. If what he's saying can be believed. Okay? But what I'm telling you is that this is nothing compared to what's coming. So if you say, I don't believe it, I don't care. Well, you know what? You better get used to lying signs and wonders. Because the Bible clearly predicted they were going to happen. And in fact, guess who's going to let them happen? The Lord Jesus Christ. He is going to be the one that sends the strong delusion. That they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned who received not the love of what? The truth. Because see, this is lies. Lying signs and wonders. Well, where does where it say in the Bible that he's going to do that? 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Just read it. Talks about the Antichrist coming to power. Talks about how, you know, people are going to be deceived. So, the preponderance of groups that this devil Maitreya guy is appearing to are mostly Christians. You know, he appeared to some Muslims here on October 7th and some Buddhists on September 23rd. Um, and then more Christians on... Uh, and, and he's going all over the world. I mean, he goes from... Rabat 
Morocco, Luxor, Egypt, uh, Sapiro, Japan, Lenox, Southern Siberia, Russia, Leon, Nicaragua, Lubbock, Germany, Port Novo, Benin, I guess that's in Africa, Honduras, El Progreso, La Paz, Argentina, Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, Lucknow, India, Sedice, Poland, and he's got all of his, you know, dates and how many minutes he spoke and all that other stuff. So, you know. Remember, the Bible says in um, Matthew 24, 5, For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And they're going to do that primarily through lying signs and wonders. And the Pentecostals are going to yoke up, be the first ones that yoke up with the charismatic Catholics. They're already yoked up. They were yoked up a long time ago. I know because I taught a Bible study as a, as a charismatic Pentecostal. And I was radical, man. I was a radical Pentecostal at one time. I equated that with zeal. It was a long time ago. But the Lord showed me, brought me out of all that junk. And um, they were already, I had a charismatic Catholic in my Bible study. Up until the point where I started uh, talking about the Catholic Church a little bit. Oh, no, no, no. He, he, would, he didn't want to hear any of that. Of course, I was deceived too, so, you know. But anyway, so, now let's talk a little bit more about Maitreya and this appearance in Nairobi, Kenya. Because this is going to segue into something that is really, um, is going to be very confirmatory to what we're, what we're talking about today here. Because we're going to look at the, there's an extremely famous Pentecostal evangelist in Africa that clearly predicted when Lord Maitreya would make his first appearance in this Nairobi, Kenya thing. We're going to talk about this more. And we're going to see how this all interplays in particularly to the Pentecostal church. And um, so let's look at this next. So this is Maitreya, Nairobi, Kenya. <laughs> we were just talking here and uh, I told him, I said, I like to keep everybody in suspense because most people don't know who this person is. And I had a guy emailed me the other day, uh, a dear Christian on my uh, website, and he says, he says, is it Benny Hinn? He says, I remember Benny Hinn saying that Jesus Christ was going to appear on stage. I'm like, you're very close, but no. And, and Benny Hinn has said that. He said that Jesus Christ was bodily going to appear on stage with him, even though that is totally contradictory to the Bible. Remember, you know, Jesus himself said, you know, you know, be not deceived. Many are going to come saying, here is Christ and there is Christ. Believe them not. Okay, so, um, no, we're going to, I'm, I'm going to keep everybody kind of in suspense here for a second. A lot of people might know who this, who this person is. But, and I've, this is one of the first things the Lord showed me um, when I got into these studies, particularly in regard to the end times and the New World Order and these types of things. This is one of the first things I learned about a long time ago. And um, I've always kind of wanted to do a teaching on it, and I think that's why his teachings ended up being so long, because there's so much to cover. And there's so many facets to this teaching. Hey, let's face it, the Antichrist is a complicated guy, you know? It's a lot to, you know, he's very complex. There's a lot to know about this guy. So anyway... Um, on June 11, 1988, a man suddenly appeared before a vast crowd in Nairobi, Kenya. Now remember, this is Devil Maitreya, this is straight off his website. This is how he does his thing. He appears out of nowhere. Okay? Um, so he appeared before a vast crowd in Nairobi, Kenya, gathered to witness healing prayers. Oh, this is the pretext under which these people were gathered. 
They were gathered to witness healing prayers. Listen to this. Instantly, instantly recognizing the tall, white-robed figure as, quote, Jesus Christ, the crowds fell down, overcome with emotion. Now, I've read an account about Devil Maitreya, who they say he lives in this Pakistani Indian community in a suburb of London. I've heard of people that went before him, people that were unsaved, and they say that when you get in his presence, you have this uncontrollable feeling to fall down and worship him. Like, you're on autopilot, and you can't help it. Even somebody who's not religious. So, um, this is the demonic power that this devil is operating at. Okay? Um, but see, they, they instantly recognize this tall white robe figure as Jesus Christ. Overcome with what? Emotion. Oh, emotion. You mean the heart. Their heart was leaving them. Oh, it felt so right. Oh, well, so do a lot of these Pentecostal, um, unbiblical services that they have, where they jump around and scream and pray in tongues and slither on the ground like snakes and bark like dogs and do all kind of, you know, crazy stuff. Oh, yeah, they're overcome with emotion, too. But you know what they should have done first is test the spirits. In fact, they didn't even have to test the spirits. All they had to do is read their Bible. To know that Jesus Christ, as I said before, if anyone come and say, you know, here's Christ or there's Christ, believe him not. Does not line up with what the word of God says. And we'll read that in a second. The editor of the Swahili edition of the Kenya Times, veteran journalist Job Montugi, witnessed the event and took some pictures. Now, I've sent out several of these pictures. These pictures have been on the internet for years of when he materialized uh, at this meeting, and, you know, I'm looking at one right now, right off his website. This is the most well-documented of any of his appearances, okay, of all of them that I've ever seen. Now, about 6,000 worshippers at the Muslim village... Kawangi and Kawangi Nairobi believed that they saw Jesus Christ in broad daylight last week. The scene was at the Church of Bethlehem. Oh, could you imagine this? Church of Bethlehem. They're at some Pentecostal healing service. It's called the Church of Bethlehem. I mean, the Antichrist is good at what he does. I mean, he picked the Church of Bethlehem to make his, ap to make his initial inaugural appearance. Well, where was Jesus Christ born at? What city was he born at, Bethlehem? Is it any coincidence that the first place that Lord, this devil Maitreya, wanted to officially appear to who? The Christians. That he chose the church of Bethlehem. He's good at what he does. So at this church of Bethlehem where Mary, Sonata, Akasa, conducts miracle prayers. So she's like the pastor. So we know this is a really rock solid church with a woman... Whatever. Overseer, pastor. So she conducts the miracle prayers, praying for the sick, the blind, the cripples, the mad people, and the barren. Now there's nothing wrong with praying for these people. But I'm talking about a Pentecostal, pseudo, lion signs and wonders healing movement going on here. And we're going to confirm this more later when we talk about this false prophet that predicted Maitreya's appearance. Worshippers were singing Mungi Mungi Mawuma, whatever that means, a popular Swahili hymn, when Mary Akasi interjected, she announced that God 
had spoken to her and told her to wait a, quote, miracle because a very important guest would be coming to give her a very vital message. I wonder what God spoke that in her ear. We know it wasn't the Lord Jesus Christ. We know it wasn't a good angel. We know it wasn't the Holy Spirit because they would never lie to her. But see, she said God spoke to her. You know how many times I've heard Pentecostals say, oh, God told me this and told me that. Said you need to do this or that. But yet it doesn't come to pass. Or yet you find out later it's totally false. Well, God never spoke it to you then. Just read Deuteronomy 18, the very end. And then, ending this, it says, five minutes later, she asked those who were singing at the top, singing to stop as the messenger had arrived. Jesus! Jesus! Jesus of Nazareth! That's what she started singing. Oh, is that so? And then went the loud whispers from the crowd as they raised their hands in divine welcome. The tall figure, a bare-footed, white-robed, and bearded man appeared from nowhere. And he stood in the middle of the crowd... He was walking slowly toward the new church building away from the tent. Mary walked with him. And I mean, there's a picture of this, this Pentecostal woman evangelist lady walking with devil Maitreya. He was walking totally slowly toward the new church building away from the tent. Mary walked with him side by side. I stared at the strange stranger without blinking. Now this is this reporter from the Kenya Times reporting this. Okay, I don't think this guy is um, particularly biased. He was just there reporting. And then it said, um, he was walking slowly towards the new church building away from the tent. And Mary walked with him side by side. I stared at the stranger without blinking. Strange, a strange sporadic light wafted on top of his turbaned head. And his feet and his entire body. So he had all these wavy lights around him. In clear Swahili which had no traces of an accent, the strange man announced that the people of Kenya were blessed, especially those who had gathered at the venue that afternoon. No, if he was really being truthful, he would have said, you are cursed above all people on earth. Almost. I mean, you know, they merited the, the absolute appearance of a devil in the flesh, essentially. Now, I pray to God those people get saved, but they're very deceived. So, he appears out of nowhere, walks to the crowd, everybody says he's Jesus Christ. Do you think he's going to protest that? No. Uh-uh. He's going he's gonna to eat it up, any uh, of this praise. And then it says in a clear Swahili, with no traces of an accent, he announced that the people of Kenya were blessed, especially those that had gathered in the venue that afternoon. And then he said, quote, We are nearing the time for the reign of heaven. But before that, I shall come back and bring you a bucket full of blessings for all of you. Now, isn't this how the Satan would always come? This is how Satan always comes, with a supposed carrot for you, like a rabbit and a carrot. He's always going to dangle the carrot out in front of the rabbit to try to get him to go for the bait. That's how he always does it. It's, it's how he started in the Garden of Eden with Eve, if you think about it. Remember he said, ye shall be as gods? That was the carrot then. Well, now he's just saying, I'll bring back a bucket full of blessings. It took the crowd nearly 20 minutes to recover. 
after the man left the meeting in a car belonging to Mr. German Singh, who offered to give him a lift. Oh, I didn't think Devil Matre would need a lift. Well, you're going to see he really didn't. So these crowd, they were just, they were just, it took them like 20 minutes to recover. You know, hey, you know, when you have an experience with the Antichrist, it's going to affect you. You know. This is how undiscerning the Christians are. You know what I would have been done if I was there? I would have been rebuking that devil in the name of Jesus Christ. I would have taken up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and rebuked him in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and quoted a whole bunch of scripture. See what he thinks of that. This isn't something to be afraid of. Not at all. Who has the greater power? The Lord Jesus Christ that created the universe or lying devil betrayer? This is something that should get you fired up. Not intimidated. Whatsoever. The Bible says, the Lord Jesus Christ says in His word, Call upon me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Nope, there's nothing too hard for the Lord. I also found another really cool verse in uh, Daniel. I'll get to that in a second. Okay, so this verse is in Daniel 11. Um, it's the second part of verse 32. And it says, But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Okay, so that's what the Bible says. Now, does that apply just to like a very narrow time frame of period? Like, oh, it's just for that one little hundred year or what? I believe this is a pretty much a blanket statement. But the people that do know their God shall be what? Strong and shall do exploits. But see, it's knowing your God, reading the word of God, and believing that, that you will be strong and do exploits because without faith it is impossible to please Him. So there is prerequisites for these things. And if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. You know, that's a whole other study. But I just, I just want to encourage you that this shouldn't be intimidating information. Actually, this should make the Bible come alive. This type of information. So if we go further, um, so this Mr. Gurnam Sidney, now remember, this is a reporter from the Kenya Times reporting all of this. He's giving exact names um, and this guy offered to give Matreya a lift. I can't imagine how that conversation must have went. Hey, uh, you know, devil Matreya, you need a lift. You know, I got a car. Well, I'll take you wherever you want to go. I mean, I don't know what he said, but... Um, and then it said... Uh, but it will probably take Mr. S Signy, this guy that gave him a lift, his lifetime to recover from the shock he got two minutes later from giving Devil Betray a lift. On reaching the bus terminal, the man informed Mr. Signy to stop the car. This is Devil Matreya. On getting out, he walked a few paces beside the road and simply vanished into thin air. Ooh, I'm convinced now. Well, you know what? The Lord Jesus Christ made the universe. He makes the sun burn. He makes the earth spin. He puts breath in your lungs. He puts water on the earth so you can drink it in food. Beat that, Devil Matreya. I don't think he can. 
So see, this is what you have to keep in perspective about this whole study. Please keep perspective here. Because in relation to what <laughs> the Lord Jesus Christ has done, this is nothing. So then Benjamin Cream comments on this. The man in Nairobi was Maitreya. And he's, he's, we're, we're, we're going after, um, we're going now to Devil Maitreya's false prophet, Benjamin Cream. His appearance was in keeping with the crowd's expectations of Jesus Christ. See, this is how this Maitreya, and if you were, if you were going to be the Antichrist, wouldn't you be doing the same thing if you think about it? If you were to put yourself in the devil's shoes, which I don't, I don't advise, but I'm just talking, from a reasonable standpoint, if you were trying to deceive people in the, in, the, in the best possible way, wouldn't you appear to them like they thought the Messiah should look or appear and act like that person too? Wouldn't that be like the way to pull it off if you were going to do it? So his appearance was in keeping with the crowd's expectations of Jesus Christ. This is how the people in Nairobi, Kenya expected Jesus Christ to show up. And I'm sure he planted a whole bunch of thoughts in their heads prior to him ever even showing up. So that it would just be galvanized in their head. Oh, this is, you know, whatever. Jesus Christ. And then it says, Hence his bearded face and biblical robes. Which all these are, are Satan's counterfeits. You know, if Satan can be transformed into an angel of light, it's no marvel if his ministers can be transformed into ministers of righteousness. It's no big deal. And then two, the bucket full of blessings, which Maitreya promises to return, is an allusion to himself as the water carrier, a symbol of the Aquarian Age. <laughs> oh man, this is, this is deeply uh, occultically profound, esoteric stuff we're talking about today. Because see, he is... He is the one that's bringing in the Aquarian Age. Remember that song, this is the dawning of the Age of Aquarius? Well, the Age of Pisces, where supposedly the Master Jesus reigned and ruled and ushered in, now we're going to have Devil Maitreya come to the scene, and he's going to usher in the Age of Aquarius. And he's actually higher than this Master Jesus Ascended Master. Well, I'm sure he is of that Ascended Master, who's, who's an absolute counterfeit of the real Lord Jesus Christ. So then... Benjamin Cream goes on to say, the correct translation of the Swahili word used by Maitreya is pitcher, not bucket. Oh, now we're really getting specific. The strange sporadic light emanating from Maitreya's head and feet described by Job Matungi are also habitually seen by those around Maitreya now. Again, it's just one other little line sign and wonder trinket he throws in to placate their little whatever. Now, when we, if we go back to the start of this article, with all these people, this you know, Jesus Christ comes out, and they instantly recognize the tall white robe figure is Jesus Christ. Um, let's go to Matthew twenty four twenty three, just to give you a little bit of biblical confirmation on what we're talking about here, because we always like to back up what we're saying, you know, with the Word of God. So Matthew twenty four twenty three says, then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ or there, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christ and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. There it is, right there. 
Isn't, isn't Jesus Christ himself saying this is the chief way that the masses and humanity are going to be deceived through lying signs and wonders? So, you could say, oh, well, like, you know, uh, this isn't important or any of this, this is all irrelevant. No, it's very relevant. Because we're going over the specific things the devil Matreya has taken credit for. We're seeing, we're, he's basically telegraphing his punches how he's going to appear to us. And this is the very thing that Jesus Christ warned against. And the book of Revelation. And all throughout the New Testament. So it is something that is important that we need to be educated on. Now, realize, this verse, when it talks about this, this is actually um, a warning that takes place primarily in the second half of the tribulation. But, it is equally applicable now as these lines, signs, and wonders start to ramp up. Obviously, we're looking at the ramping up process right now, but it's only going to get worse. So, if this, shakes you, if this shakes your foundation now, you really better get this straight in your head. Because it's only going to get worse. And what it should do is not tear your faith down, but build it up. Why? Because it confirms what the Bible clearly predicts. See, I'm trying to change people's mindset into that of a biblical mindset, so these things don't get them down. Because somebody, oh, well, you know, look, Satan's winning the, winning the war. Only because it only appears that way, because the Lord Jesus Christ is giving him permission to do so. That's it. They have to go to Father God and the Lord Jesus Christ in order to get permission to do this. I say, again, see Job 1 and 2. So now I'm looking at more pictures right off Matreya's website. And these are, these are pictures, and, and it shows Matreya appearing that day. And um, it looks like somebody's holding up a crucifix, which would be appropriate. And um, this one lady, she's walking around with, I don't know, she's got something in her hand. It looks like a, maybe a bottle of oil or whatever. Um, and these people are in front of Matreya, and she's praying for them, and double Matreya's there. Okay, so I just passed these pictures around to show everybody. Um, these will be available in the lobby when the service is done, just so you know. We're going to have 8x10 glossies available. Sorry, just kidding. Little joke there. And then I got some more pictures of uh, the old double Matreya. I think you guys have seen these. These are... Uh, I, I sent some of these pictures out on the thing. Now, here's a nice one. This is more of a recent picture. Um, I don't know where I got this from, but this is another another more recent picture of him. Okay, so if we go a little bit further here, um, I want to talk about... We, now, we've talked about Devil Matreya making his big appearance here, okay? And I've, I know I've kind of kept you in suspense about this supposed evangelist, okay? Now, I'm just going to start reading from this particular article um, in regard to what you probably don't know at this point, is that when Matreya made his appearance here in Nairobi, Kenya in 1988, he had been clearly prophesied to make this appearance by a very, um, probably the most highly regarded Pentecostal evangelist in all of Africa had clearly predicted his emergence three days prior. Let's read about it. Reinhard Bunke was the evangelist in Uhuru Park in Nairobi who prophesied on a Thursday, three days before Matreya's appearance in the Muslim village of Kanwangaware, Nairobi, 
that God had on Thursday informed Reinhard Bunke that they, the Nairobi Muslim citizens, would experience the presence of Jesus Christ and great miracles on Saturday. End of quote. Now, Benjamin Cream has tried to predict his, you know, emergence on many, many occasions, and as far as I know, he keeps getting it wrong. But here we have a supposed Christian evangelist, Pentecostal evangelist, that nails it down to the day and, and who he's going to appear to. Thus, Bunky was the on-site prophet, false prophet, of Devil Maitreya. You say no, but Benjamin Cream was the prophet. I do not agree. A prophet makes accurate and precise predictions. Cream has never been prophesying Maitreya's appearance in the most general of terms for years. He never even gives dates and places. Cream also gave a year of Maitreya's appearance some years back, but Maitreya didn't cooperate. Well, again, probably it wasn't so much Maitreya not cooperating, was it was the Lord's intervention. The Lord Jesus Christ's intervention is what I meant to say. So, Cream almost lost his whole following as a result. Just like the Jehovah Witnesses lost all these boatloads of followers when they kept predicting the end of the world wrong through the Watchtower magazine, which is supposedly angelically inspired. That was one of the ways they predicted the end of the world. And then through the other, some of the other um, leaders of that. Well, when you predict the end of the world, or you predict somebody is going to appear, and it doesn't happen, you're going to lose followers, because you discredit yourself. However, Reinhard Bunke made on this on-the-scene prophecy, and it was dated, and it came true. Thus, the honor of false prophet must go to Reinhard Bunke. We would do him a gross injustice to give this honor to any other alleged prophet. So we want to give credit where credit's due. Now here's the history of Reinhard Bunke. You must read this because from this tale you will learn precisely where you stand as a member of the charismatic movement, the holy laughter, the third wave, the Toronto blessing, or any other such group. See, this is really important, what we're talking about today here, because it so melds into the end times scenario, particularly the, the deception of the end times that we're moving into right now. I'm going to show you that Reinhard Bunke is the godfather of the Holy Laughter Movement. To do this, I will give you the whole story so that you have no need to just take my word for it. Please read it all. Okay, now this is from a Pentecostal source. Okay, called the History of the Worldwide Awakening, 1992 to 1995. So you cannot accuse me of having some type of Pentecostal or charismatic bias. Or... I should say, what's that? Phobia. Yeah, phobia, bias, or, or some type of, I'm, I'm speaking against them, because this is straight from their their source, okay, the Pentecostal source. This isn't going to be derogatory, other than maybe my comments, um, because this is an, this is an actual um, description of how the modern day Lion, Signs, and Wonder movement really got cranked up, which really relates to Reinhard Bunke. I think at this point, I am going to go ahead and go to part two of this teaching.